Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We are recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, please take a minute to rate our podcast. It will help others find it. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing again from our friend Nick, who talks about using the fellowship in his recovery. Please enjoy. Thanks. I'm Nick. I'm an adult child. I just got asked to speak at the last minute, so I was just um, trying to gather my thoughts. I just came from therapy as well, so I'm a little... uh, Who am I? Why am I? Where am I? Um, So it's it's a tool. I want to talk about the tool of of fellowship, although it's not overtly said there, fellowship, but I, I do think it's... I think of it as a very powerful part of this program, but just... Before I do that, I'll just say a little bit about my, how I got here um, and then and, and, and kind of set a context for talking, talking about that t- particular tool. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I'm definitely an adult child of an alcoholic household, uh, alcoholic mother who got sober when I was 30 years old, th- three zero, and a, and a not alcoholic but dysfunctional dad who had several other addictions. I, th- I mean, I think he was a sex addict. I think he was a... Uh, gambling addict I think he had other stuff going on for sure but I uh, grew up in a pretty and you know, they got divorced when I was when I was a teenager so I grew up in a in a dysfunctional um, context and um, that that's certainly and I didn't really understand that when I first left home and I certainly carried the marks have carried the marks of that household on me my whole life and uh, I got sober in, uh, and I went on to become an alcoholic and not so much a drug addict or a drug user, but an alcoholic and l- led my own version of a dysfunctional life. And I got sober in, at the end of 99, uh, just right before the year 2000. So I'm almost 20 years sober. And, and even, you know, as I, I say this often, I'm only two and a half years in this program, is all of that stuff that I was marked by, by growing up in an alcoholic household, I carried all of that into sobriety. And although sobering up and, and doing the 12 steps and did other programs like DA as well, although that helped me enormously and cleared up a lot of what I think of as symptomatic stuff, the ways I was acting out, I didn't really address the causal issues um, until I got here. And I didn't even really know that I had causal issues until I got here. And then I found, and then I, bot- I bottomed out um, two and a half years ago on ACA stuff. And that brought me here. And I realized when I got here, like, oh my God, you know, all this other stuff I've been dealing with, I've been firefighting in, whether it's booze in the beginning and then money stuff and relationship stuff, all of it, not so much food, but all of it. I was like, oh, that's all, that's all out here but on the tree, but really the trunk of the tree and the roots of the tree are really this stuff. And I didn't see it until I saw it. Um, and... Um, it was a work-related thing that brought me in, and you just, just uh, uh, I, as I think many of us do, I turned a small work environment into my family. Mm-hmm. I turned my boss into my, both my parents, and 
I went down with that ship. I just went, I just could not get out of my own way. And I was re I was activated in all of my ACA, uh, all, all 14 traits really got activated in that work situation. And I became unrecognizable to myself. I mean, I was, I'm, I was 16 years sober and I was behaving like a lunatic, like a drunken lunatic in the office. And my emotional life was all over the place. And, you know, I made so many enemies and I was, I was so angry and, and crazy and I, was, I didn't know why. And, and I was sober enough to be looking at myself and saying, what's wrong? You know, I was doing therapy. I was, do I was even going to Alan. It got bad enough that I went to Alan on, <laughs> as they say. Um, uh, and, uh, that, that, and, and that didn't help. I didn't help. I just sat in Al-Anon hating everybody in Al-Anon meetings. That's all, that's, all that got me was like, what the fuck am I doing in Al-Anon? That's not helping me. I'm not married to an alcoholic, you know. Um, so, um, but it was through Al-Anon actually that somebody came over to me that comes to these meetings and, and talked to me. He knew me from AA and he said, how you doing? And I said, honestly, dude, I want to kill myself. And, he, and he, I said, and this is a bunch of bullshit. I don't know what the fuck's going on in this Al-Anon meeting. Like, I'm sober. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing sober, you know. And I, I, he said, what's up? And I explained it. And he said, maybe you should try ACA. And I'd really never really heard of it. And, and, I, and I crawled in and I, was, it was, I didn't realize how bad I, I'd gotten until I got here and, and realized what was happening to me and saw that I was like, ah, activated all this childhood stuff that I'd never dealt with. ACA, it just was up all at the same time. It was very painful. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I dove into this program and I actually reduced back on a lot of those other programs, AA and DA, just so, I, just another stuff, just so I could concentrate very wholeheartedly on this because um, I needed to. I mean, I was bleeding. I was in an ACA bleed out. Um, and when I got here and uh, I was so unhappy and, um, and uh, you know, and, and in many ways I sort of, quote, had everything that, you know, I, I had many things that people would say like, he's got a successful life. And I was deeply unhappy. And um, anyway, so, so yeah, I, I worked this program and, but, but it's why I get to the tool of fellowship is one thing that struck me almost immediately, and I don't, I don't really know why it was clear to me in the beginning, but it was, is that, and I'd never really been a fellowshipy guy in, in any of those other programs. I'd kind of come to the meeting on time and left the meeting at the end. I, I wasn't a, person that sneaked in and sneaked out, which some people are, although I've done that. Um, it was more like I get there for the beginning and I stay till the end and then I'll leave. And I had a few friends from those programs, but I wasn't really a deep fellowship person. And uh, rather quickly in, AA, in ACA, I somehow instinctively thought the fellowship's important in this program because um, I could just feel it. You know, I could feel that like I found a group of people, uh, is my tribe, you know, it was like, it was like, I guess as a kid I always imagined there was like a, a village somewhere in Switzerland and I'd arrive there and everybody would be cool and I'd be like, oh, these are my people, you know, because I, I, I didn't feel identified with any of the places, people that I grew up with, you know. And uh, when I got to AC, I was like, yeah, these are adult children of alcoholic parents. We share something that's very unique in terms of how we grew up. And we have a common language and experience that creates an almost immediate respect, I think, or honor for each other because we know what we went through. We walked, all of us, walked out of a fucking burning building. All of us. I mean, if you're in this room, you walked out of a fucking burning building to, to survive. And you dragged yourself through life, you know, in spite of this stuff. And so I think you recognize that in each other. We do really fast. And uh, you hear it in the shares and the energy of the room.
And I felt it, you know, in the beginning. And so I decided it was a conscious thing. I was like, I'm going to be more fellowshipy in this program than I've been. Um, and I, I also felt like it would combat, I, I felt that I was an isolationist in those other programs, and I didn't know why. And then I read the traits, and I was like, oh, it's, it's a trait that you isolate. That's what it is, you know, pathologic. I would describe myself as being pathologically self-reliant. Um, and um, before I got here, in recovery, you know, I'd be like, ah, all right, I'm fine, you know, even if I was doing recovery stuff. And uh, I mean, I had sponsors, and I had friends, and I used those uh, relationships healthily, but I still felt alone, you know, um, alone wolfy, you know. And... Um, and uh, so, so, so I did that, you know, I, I, I like got to meetings early and stayed a little bit later and not so much this one because I just, I have a thing I've, I do right after this with one of my children, but, but uh, in the morning meetings I'd, I'd hang around afterwards and I sort of, div I got phone numbers and I really went out of my way to try and actually know people and let them know me and um, call people and quite quickly, which, which is, you know, and I felt like a newcomer with 16 years sober so I had a lot of like spiritual arrogance of like oh, I don't want to feel like a newcomer a guy counting days I've done that you know I don't want to be that guy can I have your phone number you know but I did it I did it because I felt it was important and uh, and it was important and I've, I've I've come to understand that a little bit better over the two and a half years here um, in, in a couple of ways um, so uh, th th there's a th I think because of this common experience that we share which is you know, the walking out of a burning building. Mm. I think there's, and, and also the tools and the, the language of this program, it creates relational safety. So in AA, for example, is a very common experience. I'm not criticizing AA, it saved my life. But you know, a guy will come up to me at the end of a meeting and he'll be like, put his arm around me. I don't know the guy. And he'll put his arm around me. And I'm, I don't really like that, you know? And be like, you fucking shit, I was fucking, fucking dope, dude. And let me tell you that I, and I'm like, D dude, don't be fucking putting your arm around me and telling me about my share. Like, I don't want that, you know. And it's like, your wife sounds like, I'm like, don't, don't be, you know. And uh, we don't do that here. We don't do that. And we don't do it because we don't do it. Because I think we're all, you know, we don't do it. We just naturally. But also because the language and the literature and the structure and the, all of it is careful. It's careful because we come from very scary places and a lot of stuff that, frightened the shit out of us when we were little and we carry that into adulthood you know and so we don't jump into people's faces and we don't put our hands on people's bodies you know we don't do that you know yeah and so I liked that and it felt safe felt like there was a natural safety two is is I do think that you know we're looking to recreate the fam we do recreate the family ACAs do recreate the family of origin but we're also looking to try and create a family that's functional mm -hmm. And I do think that ACA fellowship can be, not always, I mean, but it can be a representation of a functional family system where there's mutual uh, respect for each other, where we listen to each other carefully, where we don't try and fix each other's problems, where we don't try and overpower each other, where we don't, don't. You know, there's a lot of nice interpersonal dynamics between, uh, in my experience, between ACAs that's very special and magical and I could feel it immediately. I, I just would sit and watch people interact in ACA when I first got there and listen and I thought, God, that's really different to AA and DA. 
know, DA's, you know, if AA's about like the guy doing this in your face, DA, DA's a whole other thing. If AA's like this, DA's a whole, is almost like, can I sit down with you and, and, and work out some numbers? You know, it's very like business-like and I'm like, are we working, are we colleagues or are we in the 12-step program together? Like what, like what, like what are you asking me? But this program felt familial in a good way and, um, and in a nice way. And, um, you know, so there is that kind of, you, I could relax into a feeling of there's a bit of a tribe, there's mutual respect. This is not exactly what a family would be like if it were functional, obviously, but it's got some aspects of it where I can practice that feeling of like, I can trust you, I can tell you something, you're listening to me, you're not going to try and tell me what to do, you're, you know, you care about me and you've, been, you've got a common experience, you can share your experience with me. It's good, it's very healing that, it's very healing, I, I felt, I found those, a lot of those interactions. And there's a third level to it, which only became apparent to me, and Chris and I have talked about this, is, you know, only became apparent later as those friendship groups formed, is something very unique. When, when your ACA triggers come up within the context of fellowship and friendship groups, fellow traveler groups, because um, when you're at, I, I found when my ACA triggers come up in real life, so let's say a boss is awful to me or a, uh, or, or a person on the subway pushes me off, off, off through the doors or whatever, is who's doing what to who and how justified the trigger is, is very hard to understand in real time. It's like, wait, that boss really did shout at me and I am triggered, but that was a real asshole move. that they. So it's, it's confusing and you don't, you, you don't always get to, get, to, get to squeeze the juice out of the trigger because you're like, it was them. You know, like, I'm triggered and I feel terrible over here. I'm going to call a fellow. But really, they were just awful to me or whatever. Or something, it's more ambiguous. But in the program, when, when your friends who you know love you and trust you accidentally trigger you and, and, then, and then say, you know, and you're triggered, and then they say, like, I'm really sorry about that and it wasn't my intention, you then left only with your own trigger. <laughs> so of the total emotional reaction that you're having, about 90% of it is yours. And you know it. <laughs> because you know that they love you and they care about you and they would never want to hurt you and they did it by mistake. So what's left? So why not just forget about it? Well, you can't because you're triggered. So what's left is the trigger. And then you can sit and look at it and you're like, that's mine. Mm -hmm. that, that cloud of emotion that's around that situation and all that pain and all that angst and all that feeling, that's mine, that's mine. And when I get triggered, it's not mine, it's not up always, obviously, but when I get triggered around that issue, that's what happens to me inside, that cloud, that dust cloud of, of feeling. And, and actually, I mean, I this is me saying this, I believe this, actually, that's what my seven-year-old actually felt like in that house. What I'm really experiencing is what he experienced, but I'm experiencing it now because he couldn't back then, because he wasn't safe. And that's, that's the trauma, and it's the trauma, it's the trauma, the emotional complex around the trauma, and it's in us, and it just goes like that. And it comes, it's like it's folded down like origami, and then you get triggered, and it's like this. And it's right there, and it's exactly the way it felt when I was seven. And, uh, and I don't think it ever changes that, in, even with this work. I think all that changes is our distance from it, that's all. Is when we have no tools and no program, we're just in it, like that. We are the seven-year-old, and then when we have tools and program, we're that here. We're like somebody else in relation to it, and you can see it like that. But the fellowship 
piece of it. The most, fellowship is very valuable to me, but the most valuable part of fellowship I've found so far has been that, has been that thing. It, it, it offers me the opportunity to really look at my shit and not be able to ever say, like, they did this, they did that. I mean, obviously, if someone does something egregious to me, that's different. But, but to be able to say, um, mostly that's mine. And, uh, and, and also the healing of the other person being like, are you okay? And you're like, no, it triggered the fuck out of me, man. And then they're like, tell me about the trigger. You know, and, and, you know the person that triggered you by mistake can say, t like a good parent would or sibling would, you know, like, wow, I'm really sorry. Tell me what's going on. You know, and you're like, oh, this really hurts. And this feels like this. And I feel like the story I'm telling myself is that you think I'm a fucking, you know, like not smart or something. And they're like, I'm never, you know, you're really, and you're like, and so you can have these validation loops where you actually get to unwind mm -hmm. with the person that's triggered you. You get to unwind shit and realize that all this stuff that's coming up in this is your narrative. It's, it's you know, it's my complex. It's my uh, distortion and my distortion. But it's my distortion. I come by it honestly because I was distorted, you know, as a child, I got distorted my perceptions of myself got distorted and, and they still are, you know. And I get to sort of play with the unwinding of that like that, you know, kind of, who's timing me by the way? Okay, um, and, and what, do, what do you think, like, what do you think I've got left here? 30, 40 minutes. No, just kidding, so, so like, where are we like? Three, you're, you're at 16.30. So I'm done, yeah, so yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm basically done. So anyway, th yeah, that's it, I mean, that's really what I wanted to say is just that the tool is fellowship and it, 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 it's operating on all those three levels for me at once, but the most uh, 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 deeply useful one was that third one where you get to unwind stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.